On first down, they hand off to Marlon Mack. Huge hole, 50-yard line. He's at the 40, still going near sideline. He's at the 10, he's at the 5, and he will score. Touchdown, Marlon Mack. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. And again, it's picked off. It's Darius Leonard. Leonard with a second INT, and he's streaking down the near sideline. He's at the 40, he's at the 30, he's at the 20. He's going to go. A pick six for the Maniac. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice podcast. On with me, friend of the show, Mr. George Bremer. George, uh, you just finished up day three of Colts training camp. Uh, it wasn't rainy today. We were joking off air. Uh, yesterday was more of an ugly day in terms of weather-wise. Seems like it's a beautiful day. Where I'm looking outside my window, it's sunny with barely a cloud in the sky. So how was day three for you uh, in Colts training camp? Yeah, gorgeous day. Uh, it's been interesting being back at football practice. It's probably the most normal thing I've done in, in the last five months. I mean, there's obviously a lot of, of changes. Uh, very few of us out there right now. It's not what you're used to at training camp. You were out there last year. You know, the sideline yeah. gets packed, and, and you're kind of shoulder to shoulder with everybody. And uh, obviously not that's not happening right now. We're wearing masks the entire practice. Everybody's a good six feet away. Uh, but, you know, when, when practice starts, it's it's what you're used to. It's watching football again. And, and that's really been, I think, nice the last three days just to do something, anything that, that feels like uh, the time before the coronavirus ruled our lives. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm curious for you. Um, obviously, now there's been three days of full padded practice. What have been some highlights from you from all three days? Uh, what have been some things that stuck out to you? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and it just keeps happening day after day right now, is Taekwon Lewis. So Frank Wright right. kind of mentioned it earlier today in his uh, Zoom call. Uh, but Taekwon has been exceptionally good, especially in the one-on-ones. He's been going against Quentin Nelson. He's been winning every day. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things you're not quite sure what to make of it. I mean, we, we saw last year, you were out there quite a bit last year. You saw Quentin struggled in one-on-ones. I think for him, uh, it's similar to, to – pitchers in spring training they're working on a certain pitch or a certain part of their delivery and they're not really worried about the results they may give up five runs in an inning and they don't care because they were working on a cut fastball or whatever Uh, I think it's similar I think it's very similar with Quentin in those one-on-ones trying a new technique Uh, but it's obviously been a good indicator for Taekwondo Lewis he's done it in 11 on 11 at, at times as well and right now we're trying to weigh that balance last summer Grover Stewart really started the same way. You started to see him come on the radar. He was really dominant practice after practice. That ended up carrying over into into the season, and, and he had a really breakout year. Uh, but, you know, you also think of guys like Cesar Rayford or or any number of guys on the list of, of preseason heroes who had never really translated to the regular season. It's a great start for Taekwon. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Yeah, I know Taekwon Lewis said when he was asked by the media, yeah, I feel like mentally he took the entire offseason to kind of get mentally, physically prepared, and also the relationship with the new defensive line coach, Brian Baker. How big do you think that relationship is for what we've seen early on? Granted, it is early on, but how big do you think that is for a guy like Taekwon Lewis, who has notoriously kind of struggled um, to just get on the field and be productive? How big do you think that relationship is with Baker um, early on here for Lewis? 
Yeah, I, I think the whole defensive line, really. Brian Baker's a guy that brings a lot of energy out there, uh, a fiery kind of guy, uh, you know, old school in a lot of ways. He very much likes the, the big dancing bear type of linemen, which I think mm-hmm. Taekwon Lewis can be. You know, that, that's the mold for him. Uh, that's where he wants to get. Uh, I think the whole defensive line in general – seems to be fired up. They have nothing but good things to say about Coach Baker. Uh, but obviously for Taekwon, I think it's huge. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's fighting for his job. I mean, everybody is. We know that. It's just the NFL. Your job's on the line every day. But Taekwon in particular, been disappointing these first couple of years. Lots of injuries. Uh, hasn't been able to, to kind of show what he wants to show out there. Uh, and for him to have a coach now who he feels like is 100% in tune with him, uh, I just think that maybe that's the confidence that we're seeing on the field now. Uh, but I, I think it can do nothing but good things for him as he moves forward. Absolutely. And staying with that defensive line, one thing that I noticed, because, you know, Derek and I, my other co-host, we, we've been talking about, you know, this defensive end position alongside Justin Houston. We're trying to figure out, okay, what players are actually in competition for that? You know, we threw out Lewis's name, but obviously he's been working more inside. Uh, Danico Autry's been playing a lot more defensive end. Uh, I'm curious your thoughts on Autry kind of sliding outside a little bit. He's played some defensive end so far with the Colts a couple times, but, you know, he was the three technique a year ago and the year before that. So what are your thoughts on him kind of moving outside, potentially taking the other defensive end spot alongside Houston? Yeah, I think he's, he's an interesting guy out there. I mean, he's obviously got a lot of athleticism, and that's helped mm-hmm. him on the inside. But I think when he's out at end, he has a little more freedom to move. Uh, he seems to get a little more steam underneath him when he's out there. Uh, you do wonder a little bit whether he'll hold up against the run the way that, that Jabal Sheard was able to, you know, the last couple of years. Yeah. I think it's definitely something he can do. It's just not something we've seen him have to do a lot out there at end. Obviously, it's a different situation inside. Uh, he's definitely, if not the leader in the clubhouse right now, he's definitely a major contender in there. The other guy, I think, who's kind of a dark horse who – doesn't get a lot of, of recognition is Al-Kadin Muhammad. Yeah. He's had some good practices here early on. Uh, we weren't at the very, very beginning, the first two, three days. We weren't really there. Uh, but, you know, Andrew Walker does a great job with the Colts website, and, and he was reporting that the Muhammad looked good. And really the last three days, since they put the pads on, that, that hasn't changed. He's gotten some more reps. I think if there's an upside to, to Justin Houston missing the two days uh, at the beginning of this week, with a little bit of a neck situation. It's that Muhammad got more snaps. Autry got more snaps. They were able to, to take a longer look at those guys. And, and I think – I feel like those two guys are going to be the main contenders, especially with Ture still kind of on the sideline, healing up a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, though, how that changes in personnel packages. The mm-hmm. base defense, I think it'll be Autry or Muhammad. But I can easily see Autry moving inside – when they go to that green package that, that Matt Eberflus likes so much, that pass rush scheme, uh, and then have Tomoko Ture come out and be the other end in that situation. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of Justin Houston, um, he missed the first two days of practice. Um, I think he got injured 
it was a, I think it was a week prior. Um, it was like a neck injury, so they kind of sat him out. He returned today, which is definitely a good sign. Xavier Rhodes also returned today after missing Tuesday with an illness. I'm not sure if they specified what that illness was exactly, um, but they said I believe it was a non-COVID illness, which obviously is huge for, for Xavier Rhodes. Um, I'm curious kind of your take because you've been able to watch Xavier Rhodes. How has he done the first couple days um, – at practice, I guess Monday and then today. How has he done against uh, some of these Colts receivers? Yeah, you can see his physicality a little bit already. I think that's one of the things that they really want from him. You know, he made a tackle today uh, on a run play where he, he kind of hit, he grabbed at Naeem Hines' eye, and then momentum kind of carried Hines to the ground, and it just kind of reminded you this is a guy uh, who's not afraid to stick his nose in there. I think he's similar to Vontae Davis in that that vein where he's going to come up and and be a factor in the run game when he needs to be be a factor in some of those short check down passes you know maybe discourage guys from wanting to catch those quite as as much as they have in the past uh you know every all the the receivers in the in the corners I thought Philip Rivers really put it well today earlier there's been a lot of give and take it's been very much in one-on-ones and even in the 11-on-11 action in 7-on-7, uh, you know, the offense will win a rep and the defense will come back and, and, and get a win. And Rhodes has been in that same vein. I think he's – it's interesting because he's a veteran guy. Obviously, he's been around eight years. He's been to a couple Pro Bowls. But he's learning a lot of new stuff right now, too. This defense, he's going to be asked to play a little bit differently, a little more zone than he has in the past. Uh, he's excited about it. He says it's easier for him than, than what he did in Minnesota. But there is, I think there's a little bit of transition period, especially these first few days in pads. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned um, the, the practice ended, which, which appeared to be, you said, a third down com- competition drill. Seemed like the offense won those, those three. Um, they swept all three reps with completions by Rivers. Um, so, so it is kind of that give and take type of thing. Sometimes the defense will come up. Like you said, also, uh, George Odom came up with an interception. Uh, so it's just kind of that give and take right now. And I know some people were kind of, when they heard Phillip Rivers through an interception, they're like, oh man, you know, maybe, he, maybe it wasn't his offensive line. I saw a comment like that, but George, I think people just need to understand that that's just, it's just kind of getting the rust off right now. And like you mentioned with Quentin Nelson, it's not, you know, it's practice for a reason. You're trying new things. You're figuring out things. Um, there's no concern, right. From you, I would, I would anticipate no concern from you. Uh, with those type of things, if, if Philip Rivers throws an interception or whatever happens. I mean, it's still early on into training camp. Yeah, it's still early. We saw Andrew Luck do that, uh, you know, early in, in training camp. And honestly, last year I thought Jacoby did a really good job of avoiding interceptions in camp. You know, it doesn't always translate to, to the season. It, it It is what it is out there right now. As you mentioned, you know, guys trying different things, guys – looking at, at different situations and really I thought today yesterday I thought the interception was mostly on Rivers he was looking for Jack Doyle over the middle and he just threw the ball too high and, and you know airmailed it a little bit that's going to happen that's part of the game uh, today I thought really as much as anything it was a great play by George Odom he'll do that from time to time we've seen from him uh, quite often he, he's got a nose for the football he hasn't had a lot of opportunities but it feels like every time that kid gets on the field He's around the ball, knocking it loose, getting interceptions, getting his hands on on the football. He had a great game against Kansas City last year uh, in, in that upset win for the Colts. And to me, it felt more like that. It was a deep ball to, to Paris Campbell. Uh, and, and Odom really just – he tracked it well the whole way. He got in good position. 
he had good coverage and, and he made the play. And I think you just kind of tip your cap to the safety on a play like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of the safeties, Malik Hooker met with media today um, talking about a few different things. Obviously, first, his reaction to the fifth year option being declined by the Colts. Um, you know, he talked about how he said um, he said he'll control what he can control. Feels like he needs to prove himself again this year. Do you agree with that statement, George? Do you think Malik Hooker, it's, it's a year for him that he really has to prove um, that he deserves another contract with Indianapolis? Yeah, when they declined that option, it basically became a one-year proven deal for him now. And I think he, he kind of alluded to that. He said it's a motivating factor for him, obviously. He was he didn't really say he was upset at the ruling when it came down, the decision when he, when he learned of it, uh, but he was frustrated. You know, I think he felt yeah. like he had he had done some things, and, and he wants to be here. He made that very clear. He loves Indianapolis. He loves the Colts. He wants to stay here. Uh, and so now for him, it, it's really about – he said he felt like he had seven or eight really good games last year and now it's taking that and and making that 16 really good games yeah yeah he mentioned that he said he wants to create more turnovers he also wants to be more consistent which is something I think we can all agree on you know Malik Hooker has been a very flashy player the first couple years obviously his rookie year he couldn't help that with the injury happening but you know especially last year he had some games where he looked really good and he had some other games where you know he'd lose a guy in coverage or you know and make a mental error and that is just key for him. And also staying healthy, I think, is going to be big for him, earning a contract extension. But it was good to hear from Hooker, I think, just also to hear kind of his love for Indy because we, we didn't know where his head was at after that. Uh, and another thing that I think of note is Hooker said, this is the first offseason he's felt like he's had a fully healthy offseason. And he says he's mentally, physically, emotionally ready to get out there and play ball. So that definitely has to be a big factor for him. I know Taekwon Lewis has said similar things. There's some of these guys who we're not entirely sure if they're in the Colts' plans for the future. Um, certainly good for them early on to get some healthy starts um, here at training camp. Yeah, and, you know, Malik in particular, he had a really good defensive play yesterday, uh, knocking the ball away from Jack Doyle on a good throw by, by Rivers, and, and Malik just got his body where he needed to be and got a hand out and really gave Doyle no chance to make the play. and. You know, Frank Reich said he, he went through and, and showed that play in the quarterback room later in the day when they were doing film study because it was just that kind of a, you know, textbook kind of defensive moment. And that's what that's what Malik's capable of. And I think everybody knows that. Everyone's excited about where his ceiling can be now. It's just a matter of uh, this is the year to, to get there. Let me ask you this. Do you think it's going to help Malik Hooker's game you know, obviously consistency and stuff on his end, but just the addition of DeForest Buckner and some of these defensive linemen that we think will get more pressure on the quarterback. How much do you think that'll help a guy like Malik Hooker um, now, you know, wanting to be more consistent, wanting to make more plays? Um, how do you think that'll help his game improve? Yeah, that's a huge part of this. I mean, everybody knows the Colts ran this system in the past. Uh, you've seen it in Tampa for years. You saw Chicago run it uh, with a lot of effects, efficiency. Uh, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl, it, it it's a defense that so much of it relies on getting that ball out quickly. You know, when Indianapolis was was doing it well, you had Robert Mathis, you had Dwight Freeney uh, closing in on quarterbacks, not letting them get comfortable in the pocket. And that obviously is going to have a, a big impact on the secondary, their ability to make plays. The less time they've got to spend in coverage, you know, the easier it's going to be for them to play the football and, and make big plays and turn games around and I think that's the Colts feel like Buckner's going to help that in so many ways I mean he's obviously going to 
create pressure himself up the middle, but he should open things up for Justin Houston. Uh, and, you know, honestly, if you look at a line, and I imagine their green package will look something like this. If you look at a line with, with Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner and then Denico Autry next to Buckner inside it and Kamoko Ture on the outside on the other side, that's going to be really tough to block. You, you got yeah. Somebody's going to get one-on-one, and it's probably going to mean that the quarterback doesn't have a lot of time to get, to get rid of the football. Oh, for sure. And all these guys have shown they can get after the quarterback, which is huge. Obviously, Autry had a year last year that was kind of down from his sack total, but he's proven that he can be effective at getting after the quarterback. So certainly I think will help in that aspect. Um, the last kind of topic I want to talk about, George, um, really is this kicking competition. Because I think it's a huge, you know, it's been a big thing. It's it's one of the top, one of the, my top burning questions for the Colts this year. Um, what have been your overall impressions of both these kickers? I feel like they've both been pretty consistent from what I've heard so far in training camp. What are your impressions, first off, of both these guys? And then right now, if you had to make a decision, and if you think the Colts have to make a decision on the kicker, who do you think gets the nod right now? Yeah, it's it's really tight. We kind of talked to Bubba Ventrone a little bit before practice today informally, and he said, you know, at that point he's got no reason not to give his opinion. There's no camera around, nothing's being recorded, and he said it's really close. It's it's super tight right now. Uh, Anthony Walker said we've only seen one day of the competition. Anthony Walker said he felt like Rodrigo. Well, didn't feel like Rodrigo did win the first two days. Uh, Chase came back and and won the competition yesterday, but. Uh, just to give you an idea of how tight it is, Chase McLaughlin won the competition yesterday because Rodrigo Blankenship missed one kick. That's wow. the difference in, in the competition yesterday. Um, and so, and I, I think Walker alluded to the fact that maybe Chase had one bad day in there, but, uh, you know, he came back on a perfect day yesterday. It's been a really, really tight race. I think Frank Reich mentioned today that they're both kind of different in, in the way they approach it. Chase is kind of a, a loose kind of guy. He doesn't really care, you know, just, just put the ball down and I'll kick it. Doesn't matter where it is. Mm-hmm. Not real concerned with a lot of the technical issues going on. Rodrigo's more of a detail-oriented guy, uh, you know, very studious about his craft. Uh, but they both are efficient. They're both effective. And I think that really is probably the number one battle in training camp. And what's fun is they, they haven't assigned permanent teams but every time there is a kicking competition, which has been about every other day, uh, Coach Reich will sit down and, and he'll say, okay, everybody with the number 50 and up, you're with on, – on Tuesday it was Rodrigo. Everybody 50 and low, lower than 50, you're with Chase. Whichever kicker wins, the other group runs sprints. So there are stakes oh, here, yeah. uh, and I think that's going to be interesting. This early on, I would say Chase maybe has the slightest edge just because – He's a veteran. They know they've mm-hmm. seen him do it, you know, in games. Uh, but Blankenship's such an interesting kid. He, he became a little bit of a celebrity down there at Georgia. Uh, so he's dealt with even a little bit of a spotlight. I mean, you're in the SEC and you've got your own fan base. You know, you're, you're definitely not playing in a quiet environment. Uh, he, he's had those big moments and, and he's come through in the majority of them won the Luke Rose award last year. Uh, so I really feel like this is something that that's going to go down to probably the final days of training camp before they make a decision. And it's going to be a really, really tight competition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's crazy that you would say that you say Chase McLaughlin's a veteran. He's only been in the league one year, yeah. but that just shows you, man, 
Like, both these guys are young. Both of these guys are very good kickers. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing who wins this competition. I think I'm probably with you just overall at the start of training camp. I was like, I'd probably give it to Chase unless he's just completely getting beat out by by Hot Rod. So certainly going to be an interesting battle to watch. But, you know, I kind of am at the point where I'm like, you know, whoever the Colts feel like is the best kicker, I, I'm not going to have an issue with it. Both these guys have shown, at least early on, that they both are very effective at kicking. So, well, George, thank you so much, man, for, for day three recap on the Colts. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, man, how some of these competitions, kicking competition and other ones play out. But I appreciate it, man. Absolutely. No problem. It's been a lot of fun. And I think there's a lot of storylines to follow moving forward. Absolutely. Well, you take care, my friend. Thanks. You too.